2: Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Murray, the defensive players, the hustlers. The people of busting, but everybody else in between, we're throwing it down here. Sirs XM channel 159, we'll welcome our AM radio affiliates back momentarily. We got Summer League action uh, going on. We've got Kevin Durant to Toronto, rumors that are really starting to get real uh, right now. And it's funny because I threw this out there last week and. You know, I was sort of laughable at the time. I think, you know, and here we are right now. Process of elimination. The latest, like, even ESPN tonight was like, well, it looks like the Raptors, guys. And I love, like, the disappointment. (laughs) Like, like, imagine if KD was going to the Lakers or he was going to the Sixers or something. They'd be so excited. Like, I love the disappointment, you know. Of course, Chris Broussard thinks that... uh, Chris Chris Broussard thinks that uh, Kevin Durant is being sent to uh, to Moscow or something. Uh, He's going to be only brother in Toronto. Man, Chris Broussard is stupid. Like I don't like attacking other people for bad takes and all this. I've had bad takes, and you know, I mean, I I don't like getting personal and stuff. But he really is a dumbass. This guy, like, he really is. Like, he's been saying stupid stuff for years, and just stupid, stupid stuff, though. Like, you know, whatever. I don't care if you get a pick wrong or a prediction of a trade, but like, the guy takes credit for things. He makes things up. And then so he's trying to back out of I never said that black people were treated unfairly in Toronto. All I'm saying is, yeah, there's 52% minorities, but they're not black. (laughs) And the best is, (laughs) the best is, he says Toronto is only 8% black, right? You know what L.A. is? 8%. You know what Phoenix is? 7%. Like, we, we, like, it's just, it's comical. Like, this guy, like, he's just one of these people, though. The problem with people like Broussard, is a lot of people like anything. Like, they don't have any shame. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care if they're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care. <laughs> it's like, like, in his mind... Uh in 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 his mind, he thinks, wow, people are talking about me. For the record, and I, I didn't want to get a you know a race, I didn't think I was gonna get a race sentence here, but just for the record, Mr. Broussard, just for the record, Toronto's black population is higher than Miami, Oakland, Minneapolis, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Cleveland, Orlando, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Buffalo, Baton Rouge, and Columbus. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Bruce Broussard, uh, and not to mention Phoenix as well. Phoenix is seven percent. This is one list. This is some one Raptor fan like going off here on him <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, I just, I just love, I just love. So would you ever hear him say, "No brother wants to ever play in in Orlando"? I like, you know what? If he, if he would have said, "Listen, it's cold there, and whatever," people don't like the taxes. Fine, it's true. Lou Williams said it best about Toronto. And Lou Williams always tells it like it is. Sweet Lou, right? Lou had two girlfriends in Toronto. He was rocking. He used to piss off the Raptors because he used to show up with two of them and stuff. And they were like, bro, come on, man. Family organization. (laughs) (laughs) Late Niagara management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe over See the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Countdown to kickoff is on. Phil Steele will join us in a couple of moments. He'll join us in about twenty minutes, actually. Uh, Phil Steele will step up, and then we got Steve Merrill uh, joins. We're to talk college football, and we've got more breaking news as far as college football, the Pac-12. Because listen, when you got Phil Steele on. When you you, you got Phil Steele on, we're not going to talk about conference mergers and all this. We're going to talk about who's the most improved team. Who's going to win the Heisman, right? It's one of these deals, boom, boom, boom. I shut up when we have Phil Steele on. I'm just going to, hey, Phil, what do you think of this? Can't learn anything by talking, right? So I'm just going to shut up when when, when Phil uh, comes on. But I will tell you what. So... We, we talked about this last week. We pretty much predicted this, but we're not patting ourselves on the back because if I knew anything, I would have told you that they were going to the Big Ten in the first place. But no one no, knew they were there. come on, USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. But what we did say is if you're the Big 12 and you're the rest of the Pac-12, you can't play around. Don't sit around. It's every every school for themselves right now. Forget about tradition, forget about geography, forget about everything. It's about money. It's about getting on TV. It's about saving your freaking program and making kids don't want to come here. All right. That's what it's about. And you know, the the, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. So the Big Twelve, of course, lost Oklahoma. They're losing Texas. It's almost like, yeah, so what, right, as far as Texas is concerned. Oklahoma is another story, but nevertheless, but the Big 12's got BYU coming in next year. So, they got, so they're, they're expanding out to the West Coast now. And so word is now, uh, Big 12 and deep discussions add up to six Pac-12 teams. And we talked about it last week, and we were just kicking the tires out loud. It's like they were listening to us. Not everything is just football, guys. Not everything is just football, so essentially right now, word on the street is Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will join the Big Twelve. So what the Pac 12 is just gonna disintegrate? The hell like Wow. Like, man, the Pacquiao's been sleeping at the wheel for years,
1: man. And you're going to be this. is like Bill Walton's going to have a heart attack. This is Sports Ridge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Late Night Anger Management Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenzi. The pitch, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between, we're kicking it. Let's do this thing. So we got Phil Steele joining us. Just, just for the record, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's, you know, it's always going to be going on, but it is big news. All right? So it, it, it is big news. So, it's amazing to me that the Pac-12 is allowing itself to just get, like, cannibalized and and eaten alive, man. You're you're being eaten alive. Like, literally, you're being eaten alive. Like, the Pac-12 is, like, one of those National Geographic things in the African jungle. And some poor animal is, like, just lying there. And the, the lions are just chewing away. And... The vultures are, like, waiting for the Lions to leave, and then they're coming in. So, like, it's a good analogy. Like, so, in other words, the Big 12 or the Big 10's vultures. The Big 10 came in, got the big game. They got UCLA. They got USC, and they dragged. They got the hell out of town. It was like a hit job. Boom. In and out. What the hell just happened? What? What? And, like, it was, that's that. But it's amazing to me that the Pac-12 didn't immediately go into serious mode after and go, all right, listen, screw the LA teams, Um, even though that that was the heart of it. Long story short, let's just cut to the chase here. USC and UCLA have destroyed the Pac-12. They've killed the Pac-12. Dude, depart, like, what's going to happen? Now, all these teams from the Mountain West, and I'm sorry, Texas, Somebody, I got Texas fans now saying, hey, well, what do you mean? Oh, it doesn't matter what Texas. Hey, win something, all right? I'm not anti-Longhorn, but win something. Um, like, 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 what's going to happen? Uh, like, what, Wyoming going to end up in the Pac-12 now? <laughs> like, the Mountain West, like, it's like people are getting demoted and promoted. And like, it's all kinds of weird stuff like Washington State but like you guys are on your own the Beavers you got like you guys got to start like join the Mountain West now like, at this point but it's amazing to me like if I'm running things I'd be like all right listen we got a problem with the LA teams but we can still salvage this Um uh, but they're just you know for lack of a better term they're useless like Arash Markazi stated he loves it right he's a USC guy uh, he said, this is inevitable. Like, it's just such a poorly run conference. I had higher hopes. Scott ran into the ground, and then when the new uh, MGM guy came in, I had hopes, but I guess it was too late when he came in. And it's just saying, he's getting steamrolled now by these other commissioners that have been around for a while. The SEC's getting upset, and you know Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, is going to strike soon. He's going to come in with some, like, crazy thing, like, like, basically, I don't know, Clemson, Florida State, et cetera. Everything that we said out loud last week is happening. So, but what we said, so listen, from a football perspective, adding Arizona and Arizona State, whatever, football-wise, they're both irrelevant. Basketball-wise, Arizona is big time. All right, so yeah, Colorado and Utah into the mix. Colorado are just sort of, like, average at everything. They're just there, you know, but it's a good school, good program, whatever. You know, you get to Denver, it's a good market, et cetera. Utah coming in is big to the Big 12. Utah are a pretty big-time program, man. And Utah won't mind this because suddenly you got some good, you know what I mean? Utah would be at the top of the order here. You got Utah versus Oklahoma State in football. Utah versus Baylor in football. Um, and, and then, but we were talking about this before last week, there's more to life than just football, specifically basketball. And this new sort of Big 12 thing would be a pretty kick-ass, like, powerful basketball contract, TV contract. Like, it's not like when you look at the football, it's like, yeah, you sort of have a bunch of big-name schools that aren't great, but they're big-name schools. We'll give you that, right? Um, but when it comes to basketball, Baylor won the championship two years ago. Kansas won the championship. Arizona or you know, Arizona basketball is big-time. Right? Arizona State have had their flashes. Like I said, I'm saying like, so The, the, the and for anyone wondering, the caveat here is what about the Washington Huskies? What about the Ducks? The Ducks, to me, are are bigger than people are giving them credit for. Like if I'm a conference, I want the Ducks. Like if I'm the Big Ten, I scoop the Ducks up right now. Like the, the Big Ten evidently is concerned about having too many teams. Yeah, guys, they, it's a little late for that, <laughs> It's a little late for that now, all right? We got Rutgers, and we got teams in L.A. and the Big Ten, so... Well, really, oh, too many teams? Basically, the Big Ten is trying to get Notre Dame. Now, the SEC is trying to get... Like, everyone's like everyone's trying to get Notre Dame to join a conference now, but basically, it's either going to be the SEC or the Big Ten and Notre Dame going to join, because those are the two super conferences. Even the, even the SEC guys basically said, there's two conferences now and everyone else, right? The Big Ten, us, and everyone else. And... But to me, the Ducks and the Washington Huskies, they apply to get into the Big Ten. Once they found out about the L.A. team, the L.A. schools didn't tell these other guys anyone they were doing this, right? And you notice Cal and Stanford aren't mentioned in this, so I don't know, man. Like, all hell is broken loose, guys. Like, I ball abol- not know. Abolish all conferences. Does it any matter? And Does it matter anymore? No. Really? Like, just... At this point, you know what I mean? Just whatever, book book a bunch of games, make as much money as you want and stuff. i tell you one thing though, these schools, the the school presidents, they really do, like they really do sell their souls for money. Cause number one, you're already rich. Like Teddy covers brought it up uh, last week. Like UCLA have an endowment and a budget of $9.6 billion. Like they're already rich, Like you know what I mean? And you're already making money. So like these other schools, so like basically UCLA and USC are going to make another $100 million a year. They're going to get $100 million a year from the TV deal alone, from joining the Big Ten. That's why they went. They got suckered, they got sweet-talked in, they said, they said, we're going to give you $100 million a year for the TV deal. Not to mention all the tickets and luxury suites you're going to sell. And uh, You don't even have to pay the players, the boosters pay the players in the NIL, the NIL deal. You're going to get rich. Right, like this, it's a goal mine for the schools right now. This is like a weird era we're in. But my point is, the it's going to be so much harder to win. Like, so like, listen, I like Oklahoma football and I'm high on them this year. But a good example is a shout out to Lisa. But a good example is like, all right, if you're the commissioner, you're the athletic, or you're the president, because not even the AD, it's the presidents that make these calls. So you're the president of the school. And you're told, all right, we're gonna make we're gonna make another eighty million dollars a year from this. It's like okay, cool. Uh you know now you're playing against Alabama, right? You do realize this. You do realize now you're gonna have to go to LSU, right? You do realize now that you don't get to like you won't have the same cupcake schedule you've always had, right? You do realize you're gonna have to go to Gainesville, right? You you know what I mean? Like Even the Big Ten, it's like, all right. I think the Big Ten thinks that they're not scared. I think the Big Ten school, I think Ohio State and Michigan think, you know what, we're going to beat these teams. They're going to have a hard time in the end. And you know what, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, actually. You have two L.A. teams playing in a conference where it's cold weather. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, was this in the best interest of the program? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> was, was this really, so is this really gonna work for us? Like, how the hell, like, you know, Lincoln-Riley? All uh, right, last time I checked, how many championships Lincoln-Riley won at Oklahoma? Sounds of silence. None! Right? I don't know, how many championships did Stoops win? I mean, he won, right? Switzerland won. It's funny. It seems like every coach at Oklahoma won except you. And now you're what? You're going to take the world over? Fine. Like to me, if I'm USC, I'm like, no, no, man. We're not joining the Big Ten. What are you, crazy? <laughs> we have a hard enough time beating these teams. <laughs> we have a hard enough time winning in Utah. So that's what I'm just cutting the chase. Like if you're a Trojan fan, you're tuning in. Yeah, it's better. You're going to make more money. It's flashier. You're going to be on TV and you're it's going to be really fun games and stuff. Do you really think you have a hope in hell? What the hell do you think is going to happen to UCLA when they go to Columbus, guys? It's going to be 56-14, man. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, USC and UCLA playing in Columbus in, 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 in November. Have fun with that. You see the Michigan-Ohio State game last year in the snowstorm? Have fun with that.
0: Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bpcom investing in America.
2: You're on the run. You're in. Leave that anger range. management class. This is portrait I ever The damage is done we're throwing it down here full house in the chat full house on the show phil Steele will join us in about 10 minutes time we're just talking about a college football landscape and as far as texas is concerned listen texas are loaded texas are loaded but when's the last time they won a conference championship it's been a long time man like they're just you know i mean they did they they've averaged like seven wins a season like they're basically a seven and five team there are seven and five teams that everybody talks about all the time and every year it's the same year hell i've fallen for it myself i fall for it sometimes during the year oh yeah but texas is in a good spot here right every year man it's the same thing texas and the chargers are the same thing every year is the same thing with the chargers this is the chargers year yeah it's been the chargers year for 70 years it's never the chargers year hey i'm a bills fan same thing with the bills this is the bills year Uh, Hey Bills fans, settle down with your your Twitter all the time. And uh, I love Josh Allen too, but you know what I mean? Like I saw like tweets today, like there's thousands, like of like just like it's all over the place. Just a reminder, Josh Allen's QB rating last year. Who cares? I don't care. You know what? You know I remember. I remember losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I remember. I don't. I don't remember your QB rating. I don't care about your QB rating. Win the damn game. How's that sound? Win a, win, a, win a game, get to the Super Bowl. We'll worry about your QB rating. And, and you know, it's not Josh. Josh Allen's not talking about it. It's the fans. That's the thing with Buffalo, man. Like they anoint you as a king. Like imagine if you ever won. That's It'd be crazy, man. Like it really would be crazy, 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 crazy if the Bills ever win. Do I ever bet on the Japanese soccer league? Yeah, I always bet on. That. I often bet on the Japanese soccer league. I bet in game total sometimes. Someone's asking me in the chat, Sharkeisha. Uh, lisa says texas is back sarcastically so yeah like i said i don't know if i upset someone to texas because i said oh whatever texas going to the sec let's just be real about that like so as i was saying earlier it's a good point isn't it like if you're so you're the school so okay you're making more money you're already rich so you're making more money and now you're not going to win like let's just be real like you know i know there's a lot of excitement about the usc stuff and everything but let's be real USC in the Pac-12 as it is right now, runs the table, they're going to the playoffs. They're not gonna keep you out, you're in. UCLA run the table, they're in, right? Like if you're in the Pac-12, run the table and you're in, the problem is these schools, they always lose, right? So, but if USC runs the table, the problem is like, it's not like USC is dominating the Pac-12 or anything, all right? So you get, you bring Lincoln Riley in, you could've dominated the Pac-12. You could not dominate, you battle with Utah and Oregon and have a puncher's chance and a better chance and you beat a team to beat, et cetera. Like I, like I said, I don't wanna, I'm not trying to offend like Trojan fans right now. I call it like it is as a betting man. Do you really think you're going to win the Big Ten ever? You're at a massive disadvantage. You have to travel 3,000 miles to all these games. And you have to play in the cold all the time. Like, do you guys realize what the weather is like in the Big Ten? It sucks, it sucks. I used to go to Rutgers games. I went to a Michigan Rutgers game. I was literally right behind the Michigan bench, so I could hear everything they were saying. I could hear Harbaugh. I was so close, right, bro. They were literally like saying how much time is left. Oh my God! Like they were the players. They like were. They were all standing there, Matthias, and they all had like the long sort of jacket on, the cold jacket with the hood up. <laughs> and that's Michigan, Matthias. Like, they play in Michigan. They went to Rutgers, and they were, like, all on the sidelines, sort of cold. (laughs) And, And Michigan ran the ball, like, 50 times in a row. And you could see Harbaugh. Harbaugh kept just going, like, with his hands, like, keep the clock going right Michigan won like 44 uh 44 7 I laid the 38 and a half and I lost because Rutgers returned a stupid punt return that's how they scored (laughs) I was so mad I froze my ass off in the pouring rain out there (laughs) they didn't cover oh I was mad (laughs) like I was so mad bro (laughs) I left that place it's in the middle of nowhere up in Piscataway New Jersey I'm telling you man it was like I was soaking wet Matthias after you know what I mean Like like I'm in like dude, I was born on the East Coast. I live in the West now. Yeah, yeah. But like basically like it is hell, bro. Like you said, Matthias, I know a lot like people in LA don't watch a lot of Purdue games. You think the weather, Matthias, in West Lafayette, Purdue is nice in November, bro? <laughs> like, it's not. It's, it's not. It's dark. It's rigged. The you ever watch a Michigan Black. State game in East Lansing? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> dude, it's like living hell. It's cold. It's icy. You got a bunch of drunk kids setting like fire to a bunch of couches in the parking lot outside. It's like a prison. Like, you're not, like, I don't think you guys know what you signed up for. Like, like, ideally, if you were playing in a dome, if it was like all the games are in a dome, don't worry about it. Like, if you really believe that UCLA and USC are going to be able to go into Ann Arbor, Michigan, Columbus, Ohio, Penn State Happy Valley in the middle of the winter time and beat these guys, you're crazy. So, oh, but don't worry, the dean and the professors all made more money now. I don't want to throw the professors under the bus. The deans. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Like, the way I just put this, it doesn't sound like it was a good idea, does it? <laughs> like, suddenly. So like I said, good for you. Oh, we're going to be on TV more. Yeah, you're going to be on TV losing 44-14 to Ohio State and Columbus. And then, and then, oh, but when we play at home. Yeah, when you play at home, man, these teams are going to be playing in the sun. <laughs> you think Ohio State can't play in the sun? <laughs> right, like, you're screwed. You're screwed. You're screwed. You're screwed. You're screwed. screwed. You made a big mistake. That's my take. I think it's a good take, too. One of the worst memories I have as a Michigan football fan is when I was about 15 years old, and we played USC in the Rose Bowl after the, we were Michigan was about to have an undefeated season, and they lost to Ohio State in the final game of the season with Chad Henney, Mario Manningham, Arlington, just the squad, you know, what was it, like 52 to 49 or something the score was, you know, it was something like that, but what a game. And I was so devastated that Michigan didn't get to go to the national championship game, but they got to play USC in the Rose Bowl. And, man, did USC light up Michigan that day. And I remember I was telling everybody in Southern California that Michigan was going to smack them around. And they did not do that. And I'll always have that memory of USC whooping that Michigan Well, back. that's another thing. That Pac-12, Big Ten, Rose Bowl tradition has gone. That shot to hell. Big Ten's not gonna play. Oh yeah, we're gonna play Washington State because you beat Wyoming, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> like you're in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> like the Rose Bowl's done as we know it, which sucks. Like there's ramifications to this. But I'm just saying from a winning standpoint, like if you're a USC fan, if you're a UCLA fan, put it this way if you're UCLA, you've got a shot to win a basketball. USC is pretty good at basketball, too, but you know what I mean? Like, you, UCLA could win a Big Ten championship. You got Mick Cronin. He's, like, coming from Cincinnati. You already play a physical style. That's going to be a lot of fun. UCLA basketball will be right there with Michigan and Michigan State and Illinois and all that. Like, I uh, no, no argument. You know why? Because, yeah, I'm not making it out to be like, oh, USC and UCLA, oh, they're, 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 they're all the little kids are going to get smoked in the Midwest on the East Coast. No they got to play outside it matters it matters if it was pros it would even it would matter still you know what i mean but literally you're taking college kids that aren't like dude everyone that's going to be recruited for for usc is never going to be from a cold weather place right everyone he doesn't have to he's going to get all his players from california so in other words every time you go somewhere every year it's going to be like the kids on the team are going to be like oh my god i've never been in the snow before oh my god I've never been in this cold it's not just the snow guys it's cold man it's not fun East Lansing is not a fun place in Michigan it's dark dreary cold rainy windy it's just you know what I mean Ann Arbor the same thing (laughs) like it's like these places are not fun to play man like, it's, it's man's football. And you're going to have a bunch of West Coast Lincoln Riley's going to take his little pop gun offense into this stuff. You're going to get your ass handed to you. So, if you're a Trojan fan, you think this is some great move, whatever. You're going to make more money. You're going to be on TV more. You're going to be on higher profile TV. Good for you. I'd rather be on TV at 10 a night and win and be on TABC at 3.30 in the afternoon and lose 44-14. That's my take. And like I said, like the deans, though, they don't care about the winning because they're like, well, it doesn't matter. We're in the conference now. It's almost like the live tour. It's like it really is. It's like, well, we're in the conference now. So, even if we suck. We're still getting 100 million dollars. They only brought us in for our TV market anyways. Like to me. And if I'm Lincoln Riley, the word was Lincoln Riley didn't like the Oklahoma move to SEC because he knew. Right. He knew. I mean, I got a good thing going here. And then he goes to the Pac-12 thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm going to run the Pac-12. This is going to be easy." And then they screw him. And They tell him, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to go we're going to go play Ohio State." Guys, like oh, Ohio State are really good. I'm a Michigan fan. Trust me, it's annoying to say it, but they're really good. It's not easy to win there. They don't lose at home. This team, All right. They don't lose. The Ducks beat them. You know, that was kind of a miracle, but. Sooner, Lisa says UCLA doesn't have football fans. Man, college football fans are mean.
1: SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022
2: Rage late night continues. I am Gabriel Morenzi, XM channel 159, a mightier 1090 ESPN radio, the 50,000 watt the juggernaut. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates on Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline, and the Armed Forces Radio Network. Let's bring in a man uh, right now that uh, many people refer to his publication as the College Football Bible, and I'm one of those uh, men that refer to his publication as the College Football Bible. I've already picked up my digital uh, copy. I want to get my hands on, on an actual magazine as well, but the great Phil Steele. Uh, joins us, Phil. I know you're busy. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us on Sports Rage. It's always a pleasure. Hey, a real pleasure, Gabriel. Thanks for having me on. So I tell you, Philly, I'm old school, man. I, you know, I, I save the magazines like everybody does, and I've got a collection uh, of them. This is the first year, Phil. I went, uh, I went digital. I'm still going to get a magazine to hold when I watch the games and have on my coffee table every Saturday. Uh, but I went digital, and uh, you did a great, great uh, job. I know a lot of work went into it.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, the good thing about the digital version is we're going to be able to update it all the way through the start of the season. Now, unlike the hard copy version where you can make notes in it and, uh, you know, during the season uh, have your thing all filled in, the digital version, you can't do that. But I think when you get them both, it saves a little wear and tear on your hard copy, and just like you, Gabriel, I'm I'm old school, I like the hard copy.
2: You know what? I was getting used to it, until, Phil. I'm sort of them – I like this as I just sort of look at the page. Boom. There I am, page 335. Let's go. All right, so let's get down to business. The defending champion, Georgia Bulldogs, had 15 players drafted in this year's draft. They also lost their defensive coordinator, who incidentally, of course, they're going to be playing in week one when they play uh, the Ducks. Are, have Georgia reloaded, or should we expect a regression uh, this year? Phil, what's your take on Georgia coming into the year?
3: Well, it's always tough to repeat as a national champ, but when you look at Georgia offensively, I think they're going to be just as good as last year. They've got Stetson Bennett back at QB. A lot of question marks about him, but I thought he played well in the playoffs. they got my number two rated offensive line, number four set of receivers, and defensively, this was a very deep defense last year. They played two, three deep on the defense, so there's a lot of experience that despite the losses that they have, I think their defense is going to be close to last year. Special teams are solid, and when you look at their schedule, I think Georgia's favored in every game. So, believe it or not, uh, I'm picking them to win the SEC East and get back to the uh, SEC championship game versus Bama.
2: Speaking of Alabama, and it's not like you know they don't get talked about enough, but it would be remiss of us not to bring them up. Is it Alabama or are Ohio State and Alabama sort of on par in your opinion, or is it Alabama, is that Ohio State and everybody else, or is it Alabama, Ohio State, and everybody else?
3: I'm going to put Alabama and Ohio State on par. I think when you take a look at those two teams, the question mark of the four units that are out there, offenses and defenses. Ohio State's defense has the biggest question marks after last year. I mean, you look at Bama defensively, they've got Will Anderson back, the best defensive player in the country, teamed with guys like Brian Young up front, Henry Toa Toa at the linebacker spot. Ohio State, though, has the potential on defense, and they bring in Knowles, the defense coordinator from Oklahoma State. There's a lot of talent on hand there. I think those two teams are extremely close. Right behind them, teams like Clemson, Georgia. I think Clemson will see big bounce backs this year. And interesting to point out to you, Gabriel. Last year at this time, when I had just gone through and talked to probably about 120 of the head coaches out there, 110 of the head coaches out there, almost every head coach last year said, my goodness, Phil, we are so experienced. We've never been so experienced in this spring. We were able to run three deep because of COVID. Everybody was back. Everybody had 17, 18, 19 returning starters. And that's why the big boys didn't do as well. Ohio State didn't win the Big Ten. Clemson didn't win the ACC. Oklahoma didn't win the Big 12, didn't even get in the Big 12 title game as Ohio State and Clemson didn't get into their title games either. However, this year, I think it's going to be a return to normalcy as far as the big boys go, because everybody's on the same playing field this year. Last year, the big boys lost a lot of players in the draft. They did again this year, but at least their opponents have also lost players.
2: It's a great point. Phil Steele uh, with us, the great Phil Steele. I am Gabriel Rensi, SiriusXM XM Channel 159. I'm out here 1090 ESPN Radio. A lot of teams were more stacked and loaded because so many players were back due to the pandemic, and speaking of which, I am a Michigan Wolverine fan. Really loved uh, last year. I'm excited about this year. You've got the ranked fifth in your preseason rankings as of uh, right now, uh, Phil. What should we expect in Ann Arbor? What should Michigan Wolverine fans expect? I mean, they had five players. They only had five players drafted, which is less than past years uh, that Coach Harbaugh has lost yet. I don't need to tell you or anybody listening right now, they lost impact players, right, from a job Hutchinson, uh, Hill, etc., especially on the defensive side. I think that offense is going to be fine in Ann Arbor. What's your take on the Wolverines coming into this year? Can they compete for the Big Ten again?
3: Yeah, to your point, I think you summed it up. The offense is going to be just fine. Defensively, you wonder about Placing in Hutchinson, Jabo, uh, Hill, all guys that were high draft picks. And I think their defense will take a little step back this year. But when you look at the schedule for Michigan, believe it or not, prior to their road trip to Ohio State, they only have three road games this year. At Rutgers, at Indiana, both very easy, winnable games. And then at Iowa, which is the toughest game on their schedule. Everybody else has to play in Ann Arbor. And of course, Michigan's pretty good at home, 51-13 and 13 over the last 10 years. So I think when you look at Michigan, you take a look at the schedule and the talent, they will probably be 11-0 when they travel to face Ohio State in the season final. Now, interestingly, right now Ohio State is a two-touchdown favorite in that game, and I think Ohio State does have more talent. They're playing with legitimate revenge, and they get the game at home. So I, I sort of agree with Vegas and have Ohio State about a two-touchdown favorite in that game, but if Michigan's 11-0, and they'll be playing with a lot of confidence at that point.
2: Well, I can tell you, Phil, if the Michigan are 11-0, I'm going to be a very happy man. <laughs> so I tell you, if, <laughs> if they're 11-0, I'll take it. I'm taking it, Phil. So, one of the things that I most look forward to every year when I get to magazine And I can't lie, I skipped right to it when I got to digital. I was like, all right, let, let me look at the table of contents. Boom, 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 boom. Most improved teams. <laughs> I don't even remember what page it's on. So I went like, most improved teams. What are they the things I look most forward to? And for the record, we are on in, in San Diego. We're on everywhere, but we're on in San Diego and LA on the Mighty 1090, a uh, home of the USC Trojans as well. And the USC Trojans are number one on your most improved teams list coming into this year. And for the record, this is amazing. Last year, Phil had 16 teams that had a losing record on his. The cat most Improved Teams list. Six of them went on to win double digits. Amazing, amazing, Phil. I like what you said. If you're on your Most Improved Teams list, uh, the coaches are usually pretty happy about it. Um, USC at the top of the list this year.
3: Yeah, and, you know, last year was just a year that uh, sort of spiraled out of control. They fired their head coach after a one-on-one start, had an interim head coach, had a lot of things go wrong, and spiraled all the way down to a four-and-eight season. Now, they lose a lot of players off last year's squad. They only have 11 returning starters coming back. But going over the team with Coach Lincoln Riley, uh, I love the, the players he's brought in. You look at the skill players on offense. Caleb Williams, his quarterback from Oklahoma, comes over. It's one of his top receivers, Mario Williams, who was the number one or number two receiver out of high school. When he came out, he comes over. Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff winner, is added. Travis Dye, a 1,000-yard rusher for Oregon, comes in. Austin Jones from Stanford. I love what they've got at the skill positions. The offensive line is really going to be improved. In fact, Coach Riley told me that uh, he thinks that the top-end experience that they have on the offense he didn't think he'd have this much talent inherited. He likes what he inherited there, and defensively, once again, a lot of transfers. you got Oklahoma and a Colorado transfer, at cornerback, and Makai Blackman is a guy that would have been a lot bigger nationally had he not been playing for Colorado last year. Bryson Shaw from Ohio State, Shane Lee from Alabama, Romello Height from Auburn. They bring in a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, so I have him as my number one most improved team this year, a team that I think will have the biggest increase in record over what they had last year.
2: And a very manageable schedule uh, as well, in, uh, in South Central You also have a surprising teams list So let's not forget it Obviously UCLA and USC have been in loose a lot uh, recently But let's keep it on the field The UCLA Bruins are a surprising team uh, this year Talking about an offense This is a great offense I know you spoke to Chip Cowley And he's excited about his team this year
3: Yeah, and the difference between the two lists The most improved list Takes a look at teams that had a losing record last year That project to get to a bowl game The surprise team list uh, I take a look at the teams that I project for the top 10 And they're non-top 10 teams teams that I think have a chance of making the playoff. A team like Michigan last year, for example, not in the top 10 in the preseason, actually made the playoff. And the reason UCLA up there is up there is, first of all, the talent. They bring back DTR on the offensive side. They bring back Charbonnet at the running back spot, a solid offensive line. Now, defensively, they only have two starters back. But once again, they bring in the Murphy twins from North Texas, Grayson and Gabriel. Coach Kelly was extremely high on these guys, think they're going to have a major impact. And then the other thing that lays out nicely for UCLA this year is in the Pac-12 South. They get to host Utah, and they also host USC. So the toughest games for them are at home, and if they can take care of those games at home, they could definitely be a surprise team or a non-top-10 team. Heck, they might not even be in the top 25. That actually has a shot of making the playoff this year, provided they win the Pac-12.
2: Phil, I was there last year. You should have seen the poor people from Baton Rouge. They were shocked Sunday morning. I saw them in the hotels. Silenced. Stone-cold silence. UCLA Kimball. Uh ball. We got Phil Steele just for a couple more moments, so I just got, like, two more uh, questions for you, Phil. San Diego State, the Aztecs, you know, one of the most underrated, under-the-radar uh, programs in America, moving into a new stadium. I think it's going to have a big impact. To have a home field advantage up back. You could argue they've upgraded a quarterback at as well with the transfer portal. What's your take on the Aztecs for all the Aztec uh, alum tuning in?
3: Yeah, and uh, that is so underrated that the last two years they've basically been playing away games at home in front of a very small crowd. This year they're going to have an excited crowd at home, brand new stadium. Uh, that cannot be understated. And the, the Aztecs coaches, including Brady Hoke, extremely high on what they have coming back. Now, the schedule's not easy for San Diego State. They've got to play at Utah. Utah, as you know, I have in the top ten. They have to play on the blue turf at Boise, and they also have to play at Fresno. I actually have my dog in those three games. But Burmeister is a guy that can hurt you with both his legs and his arms. They're deep in the backfield. Chance Bell, Jordan Bird, Jalen Armstead, all there. You look at that receiving core with Jesse Matthews, Tyrell Shavers, and Mark Redman. And if you've been following San Diego State football, you know that their whole thing has been run the football, play defense, and special teams. You're going to see them throwing the football more this year. And I think they'll be successful doing it. So look for them to open up the offense a little bit. And I think that's going to have to make them a contender. The key is going to be that Fresno. State game on October 29th. Win that, and they win their division.
2: Man, I love watching Jake Handler play football. One of the just so, so much fun watching the play. One thing about San Diego State, I'm a Bills fan too, Phil Buffalo Bills in the NFL, so I know. But San Diego State is rare to say about a college team. Well, you know they lost their kicker, and this is really going to hurt them. But man, that guy really flipped the field for them.
3: Yeah, that is the biggest loss on the team this year. Matareza is a guy that not only did the punting, but the, the kicking. I mean, he hit 18 uh 28 field goals with the long of 53 and the leg he had on punting was just remarkable so uh, yeah replacing him is going to be a big thing and the kickoffs as well as kickoffs always out of the end zone
2: alright Phil in closing I always tell the story and I know you won't remember uh, this or maybe maybe um, you probably are because you might probably told a couple of people but you know the last two years because of the pandemic you know we didn't have you on There was a lot of crazy stuff college football it starting and all this so we were in the studio across the street from MSG it was three years ago and I said Phil Who are you looking at for the Heisman? You got a dark horse for us for the Heisman. You told me Joe Burrow. He was like 180 to 1, Phil. I'll never forget. I tell the story all the time when I see Joe Burrow play. I'm like, you know, Phil still told me he was going to win the Heisman when nobody was talking about him. What's your take on the Heisman uh, this year? A lot, a lot of good candidates. Is anybody flying under the radar that we should sprinkle on as a roulette ship, as as you like to say? Yeah, I
3: think there's a couple of guys that might mention that the odds are over 25 to 1. Not quite what Joe Burrow's was. Uh, the couple years ago, but uh, you take a look at the Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. If Oklahoma, who had to play Oklahoma State and Baylor on the road last year, they get those two at home. Gabriel's uh, offensive coordinator from UCF, Jeff Lebby, is now his offensive coordinator here at Oklahoma. He could have a big year, and I really think a lot of the Heisman voters want a defensive guy to win it. And if that's the case, you got to watch Will Anderson. If Anderson has another big year for Alabama, he's stepping in at 30 to one right off the bot off the bat. And then finally, Tyler Van Dyke of. My Miami of Florida, coming in 25-1. to 1. He's a guy where if you look at Miami's schedule this year, they do have two tough games where they might be a dog in, but they could also win the ACC, and he shapes up as one of the best quarterbacks in the country.
2: Phil, it's always a pleasure. I know you're doing a ton of hits. I really appreciate you doing uh, doing one of them with us. Really love the magazine. Um, it's always a pleasure I look forward to catching up with you again, Phil.
3: I appreciate it, Gabriel. And don't forget the magazine's hitting the newsstands. It'll be at Barnes & Nobles exclusively the first three weeks of July. Then it hits other places, but get to your Barnes and Noble these first three weeks of July.
2: And we should let people know, too, there's there's coverage throughout the season with Phil Steele Plus, which I'm going to sign up for as well. So uh, go to the website and get information on Phil Steele Plus to get up-to-date stats throughout the year. Thanks for your time, Phil.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Let's roll. Quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. It really is. Thanks to the great Phil Steele. If you don't like that, you don't like college football. Uh, some great talk with uh, with Phil Steele. You know, I, I'm sure you're wondering, well, what do you ask about that? You ask about this, ask about that. Listen, man, there's only you know, We only had so many minutes. We tried to get in as many teams as we could. We had to talk about the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. They are the champions. Uh, we're on in SoCal. We had to obviously talk about U- USC. UCLA is on his most surprising team. All right, UCLA are going to be a good football team this year. I got to tell you though, uh, the Michigan Wolverines' win total is nine and a half. Michigan Wolverines' win total is nine and a half. You just heard Phil Steele, and when Phil Steele talks, people listen. You just heard Phil Steele say, "I think Michigan are going to be eleven and zero going into Columbus." Wow, I'll take it. <laughs> Sign me up. Hey, I'll take ten and one going in in Columbus. Because we're, if we're 10-1 and one going into Columbus, and we win in Columbus, we win the Big Ten. That's the way I look at it, right? right so I don't mind. That's why when everyone panicked last year with, with Michigan State, I was like, don't worry. They'll stumble, and we, we control our own destiny. Actually, if you remember, I told you that. I told you at the time. So as I was saying, the, one of the things that people love the most about, about uh, the magazine uh, is the most improved teams list. Uh, there's 17 of them. Buy the magazine. We're not going to tell you all of them. Um, it's sort of like the the athletic. You know, when you see it, it's kind of annoying. And when you see it's not an athletic story, you're like, man, it's a good story. You click it. And you get like the first couple of. You're like, well, I do believe this. People work, right? You got to support them. Uh, I bought the digital copy uh, myself. But yeah, USC are number one on the most improved team list. Number two, the Florida Gators. Billy Napier running the Gators now. I think the Gators are up and, up and coming. Texas, number three. Oh, boy. Nebraska, number four. The Huskers. What? What?
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico...